0: I'm Adam Blottenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth
1: of BD Diesel.
0: I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast.
1: What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on The Diesel Podcast. want to encourage you, if you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, make sure and search The Diesel Podcast and on over hit subscribe And the notification button, we've got a ton of videos that are going to be accompanying all these episodes. So some of our guests are going to have parts with them, their trucks being, you know, they're going to be showing what they're talking about on the episode. So if you're looking for more information or just like to watch video and and want to see, you know, what what these trucks are, parts or just different things from any of our guests, make sure and subscribe and you'll be notified right away. Today's episode comes from a listener of ours. He messaged us on Instagram and shared his build, and it was so clean, there was no way that we could not do an episode with him. And so we're going to be talking with Mark, and he has a Ford OBS that has been in his family since new, and he's gone on quite the journey in building this truck. He did, you know, restoration, you know, with, uh, you know, completely, you know, doing frame, body work. He's gone through a couple different engines, so he started with a 12-valve, now he's got a 5.9 common rail, and he's going to walk us through what his goals were with the truck and some of the challenges, and also tips for anyone out there who's looking to do a restoration, do a Fummins Swap, um, companies and people that have helped him, and how he's able to get it done, and what his plans are for the future with it. All right, let's get to the podcast with Mark and chatting about his Ford OBS Fummin's. Mark, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I want to appreciate or I want to say thank you for messaging us and, and sharing your build with us when you did. You got a really clean OBS Fummins and, and I always love talking about those trucks and the stories behind them. So we appreciate you taking time out of your day and gonna you know, chat with us about your truck and how you built it.
0: Yeah, thank you. No problem. I feel honored to be a part of that.
1: The uh I know one of the first things, um, when I was checking out your Instagram page was just how clean that truck is. And I know there's a, there's a story behind it and I wanted to ask you for, you know, our listeners out there, they're, they're just tuning in, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, your passion for diesel and specifically like this truck, where it came from the story behind it.
0: Okay. So this truck, it was purchased brand new by my father. Uh, He had to replace his older truck his 1978 plow truck. So he bought this one brand new in 1996. it was, five eight with an auto it's a regular cabs uh single cab uh truck um four-wheel drive Uh, he just needed something newer i guess at the time and he bought this he put a plow on it it's been a plow truck since day one uh up until 2011 we had a blizzard and i guess the, the pull of it just kind of took it on the truck uh the twin traction beam that they put under that in the factory days just uh, couldn't handle the snow no more. Broke that. Uh, he was up in the air about selling it. I guess I kind of, you know, I couldn't let the truck go. I saw too much potential in it. And so we found a Dana 60 for it. I kind of made it a project then at that point. We lifted it four inches, uh, put 35s on it, put some 16 by 11s on it. Did like an old school kind of feel to it. Yeah. It was it was just kind of like that's how I wanted it. That's how I kind of always saw the truck, I always wanted it lifted, you know, just a young, young me wanted a lifted truck at the time. So that's what we did. We lifted it. Uh, it was still a gasser. And then, uh, kind of just the tinkering with me. I always wanted a diesel. I, it was just kind of coming up in that time where like all my other friends were getting into diesels and I had the gasser, but I didn't want to let the truck go. It was too sentimental to me, too much uh, history with it. Um, so I, I got a donor truck, my place of work, bought that and intentions of actually swapping it to a 7.3 and then getting into the mods, you know, injectors were expensive, did not want to go through the injector part where 12 valves, you got 500 bucks for a decent set of, you know, performance injectors. So ditched that, uh, had some tinkering with my buddy on 12 valves before um, he bought one. So I kind of like that idea. That's where the idea for a 12 valve swap came in. So we swapped that in. I uh, had an auto at the time. It was a 5R110. Couldn't really get it to do what I wanted. I wanted like a daily driver kind of type feel. And it just wasn't putting out what I wanted. Uh, so we kind of ditched that in that winter time of that year. And we put a NV4500 in it. And that just kind of sold me on it. It was a perfect setup for a really long time. It was it was fun. And
1: with the... Uh... With the diesel side of it, when you were you're thinking about the 7.3 and then the 12 valve and, and just trying to gather all the information for it, were there, were there mostly friends that you know, were really into the trucks that knew, hey, this is what you should do with the fueling and the air, and this is kind of the power range you can get to? Or where did you find the uh, the information and, and the resources to be able to tackle this kind of swap?
0: Uh, at that time, there wasn't really like facebook forms because it was like it was like 2011 2012 there really wasn't forms, so you really kind of you were like on um uh competition diesel and um you're on you know diesel bombers and all that kind of stuff it was it was kind of hard at that time to like find that stuff you know you really had to kind of go through like diesel world or diesel power to go through magazines and get ideas and and see it through the magazines and that kind of aspect and your ideas on what horsepower you want, or you know what you could really do with it. So that's where that kind of came from. And friends were obviously peer pressure to that too, with horsepower and stuff like that. So and once you caught the bug, you, you never let it go.
1: Oh yeah, once you start, <laughs> I think once you just drive one, you're hooked. Yeah. But then definitely once you add power to it, <laughs> different upgrades. It's it, yeah, it's normal. yeah.
0: Once you get into a turbo diesel, you know it's just it's game over. You know it's <laughs> you're not letting it go. <laughs>
1: with uh now with the setup with 12 valve the nv4500 did you keep that setup in it or did you did you change that that up throughout the years
0: i i had that setup probably about five years it went from a little mildish 12 valve to a full-blown built 12 valve with a dual disc from Valair. um that was fun it was a fun setup but it was it became too much of a hassle i became older and a little wiser at the time and still wanted fun but I wanted it at the turnkey or didn't have to wait for the smoke to die down, the right temperature, you know, it was it was starting to get into the dying age, I guess you'd say, of a twelve L. but it was starting to become a little bit hassle for me to, to want that setup. So I had that for about five years and then switched over into a common rail and that was just it was perfect. It's it's been really fun with that setup. Just simple. A um, little bit of electronics, it did scare me at first, but once I kind of broke it down and got some help from people online, it wasn't that bad, honestly. Um, that was that was probably the breakthrough point. Once I got through that and it started from the wiring aspect, that was, you know, it was over from there. Like, it was fun. Like, you could tune it, single turbo, about 550 horsepower, full manual valve body trans with a 48RE, and it, it was just a fun setup with that.
1: I think a lot of... Uh truck owners when they're thinking about doing a build like this they, they come to that same crossroads of do I do a 12 valve and have the simplicity of of how mechanical it is versus the a common rail and just how easy it is to add power do a tow tune um, you know custom tuning on them to light any sort of turbo setup that you may want or have and and so if somebody's thinking about that, what, how would you break it down for them with whether to do a 12 valve or to do, a you know, five, nine common rail swap? Um,
0: I I guess it's all like when I tell people, I'll be like, well, what do you want out of it? You know, what is your goal with the truck? Obviously, there's a budget, you know, you can go from five to eight thousand dollars to just insane amount of money you can put into a truck. But you've got to have that goal set and you've got to know what you want to do with the truck. So that'll all determine if you want a 12 valve, you know, or if you want a common rail, you know, they, they can do a lot and they can do it all, but there's obviously going to be a fine line on what you really want from that vehicle to do.
1: How's the manual valve body with say daily driving and, you know, just, I don't know if you tow with the truck or I've seen, I saw some pictures where you're hauling some firewood. So I know you use the truck. (laughs) Oh
0: yeah. I, I definitely, and I, it's, it's cool that I can, find people uh online i found logan yelling online he's uh owner uh, logan built and he built the trans and i said to him you know i want this truck or i want the trans you know i want it to do everything and he's like all right you know we're gonna do this and i asked him about full manual valve body and he's like yeah it's no problem and you know i do a little bit of towing but i like to use it i like to use the truck with a lot of things you know whether it's daily drive it you know show it or tow haul whatever you know and I do put it through some abuse and it's, it's definitely fun. And it's, for me, I think it's worth it. You know, there's a little bit of, you know, controllability with it, but if you can kind of put up with a little bit of traffic and stuff like that, it's not as bad as a manual, but it's definitely more fun and it gives it that kind of wow factor too.
1: I I think I remember early on, like when I first had a diesel truck, one of my friends had a, it was a Cummins and it had an NV 5600 in it and I drove it somewhere for him. And after about five minutes, I'm like, these are cool, but I don't want to, I don't want to shift all the time. I don't want to push in the clutch and all that sort of stuff.
0: The the traffic with the cars, you know, like they like to keep their own speed, but they don't understand like when you're fighting third and fourth or fourth and fifth, you know, it's, it's not fun doing that back and forth. It's fun for a little bit, but not, not all the time. It gets aggravating for sure.
1: Now in the actual, you know, the process of, of swapping in the common rail and doing, a lot of the work that, that you've done to the truck. What, you know, how did, how did you do that? Did you get a lot of help from friends was how much of it did you do yourself?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not me. There's, there's a lot of help. There's a lot of help from friends and people that came into the process. You know, you, when you're talking about you're building a truck like this and it definitely attracts the people and it's attracted my main friends that I have right now. And they've helped so much with this, whether it's them my, my parents, especially my father or, you know, my fiance, you know, Joanna, she's definitely supportive with all that stuff. You've got to have a key group of people to be doing this because, you know, it's just you, it's, it's really hard, you know, it's mentally hard too.
1: Yeah. I think especially with the timeline, you know, involved is, you know, if, if you were to, if you were to look at doing say that the common rail swap and the transmission and everything, how much time was involved to just do all that just to physically get it in there, you know, get it to run, be able to drive.
0: I I guess it, it could take
1: shorter or longer on how, how
0: much you do to it. You know, you could tear the whole block down, you know, to a bare block and put everything in it all brand new, reseal it. You know, it could, it could take you anywhere from three to four or five months, you know, or I've seen builds that are year to two years because they just, once you pull the motor out, it's like, well I might as well take the cab off well I might as well you know do the suspension you know it it turns into a big can of worms but you know if you're going that far you might as well do a lot of the other stuff while you're there then it becomes like well I want to show it now you know now it becomes a a real project
1: now with when you were doing that did you invest a lot of time into you know like sanding painting the frame and redoing the interior and all those sorts of things
0: yeah yeah once the the first time I did it, I had the motor out, and then uh, my my buddy Dan's like, "Well, we might as well take the cab off," you know. I'm like, "What do you mean? Like the the bed's already off, the motor's out. It's just a rolling chassis with a cab on it." So, I'm like, "All right, whatever," you know. We'll just, we flip the cab back and we start sanding the the frame on it. So then it just became like frame off restoration at that point, and did that um, by by myself and some friends helping out, and and then it became paint and body after that. And then it it just turned into a a clean build and not wanting to make it dirty or anything like that. But I still wanted to do everything with it.
1: I imagine also being in the Midwest, it's really tough to keep trucks, you know, clean. Maybe not necessarily for a year, but like, you know, through several winters and and the salt that's on the road and, and all that. Are there any tips or tricks or things that you've done to be able to keep it as clean as it is?
0: Um, you're going to need another vehicle for sure, because you cannot, if you're putting all this time, money and effort, it's going to go to waste within like two years. You know, it, it just takes a toll, the amount of salt and it depends on how harsh the winters are. You know, they, they really put it down up here and I I store the truck. Honestly, I got to park it because I've seen it happen once already. And then I had to reduce some of the stuff and it's not worth it in my aspect. You got to have another vehicle.
1: Yeah, it, it seems really tough. I, I check out a lot of posts and just different truck things I see on, you know, Instagram or Facebook, and it's something, you know, here, here in Colorado not too bad. I know the farther west you get, it's even less of an issue with, like, rust, and, you know, a lot of areas don't snow, so we kind of have it lucky out here. Yeah. But to see just that challenge of it, it's another aspect to a truck build, is once you get it set up the way you want, you do the paint and the body work, and, you know, get everything perfect... It's like, okay, now how do I keep it looking perfect? Which I imagine is a major challenge.
0: Yeah, oh no, it definitely is. And you see some of the trucks, like you know, in Texas and Arizona, Washington, and they're you know three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand miles, and they look brand new. But here, you know, you got a truck that could have twenty thousand miles, and it looks like it drove through like salt its whole life. You know, and it's twenty five years old, and there's no fenders left on it.
1: Now with this particular truck, are you are you finished with it? Or are you tossing around some ideas of maybe some power upgrades or changing you know wheels and tires or or just anything on it?
0: Well, I mean, it's never done, you know. It's with a project, you know. It's a never-ending project, but it's also a money pit. But you know, it. I could be doing worse things with my time, but I. Mm. I love to always be working on the truck. Um, I'd like to maybe put a CP3 into it and uh, maybe some other, just some uh, injectors, just get a little bit more power out of it. Um, because I'm definitely running out of out of fuel on the stock and I'm fueling with it right now. Maybe do something like that. I want to put a locker in it. Uh, I want to put a four-link probably up front because um, it's got 2,005 axles under it, uh, running gear. So it it's a big difference with that on the truck, and it definitely rides a lot better uh, from the stock suspension, though where it rides like a brick, as they say.
1: The Now, the engine right now is about 550 horse.
0: Yeah, I, I'd say it's around there. Uh, it had a single turbo on it. It was probably about 550. It ran a twelve seven in the quarter, which I think for that setup and the wheel setup and everything just and myself no that's a pretty good setup right there for a little fun daily driver
1: yeah that's that's i mean that's it's moving for a, a truck that you know you can you can uh, use and haul things with and and the the power part is always interesting as well as you know they even just stock they have you know good torque and 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 they drive really well but then you start to get into some upgrades you know especially on a common rail it's a tuner or you know some custom tuning or something like that and then you have 450 500 and you're cool with it for about six months and then you get a little bored and then it's adding a little more more. yeah
0: exactly you get used to the power you know you're like oh this thing's slow now and then you're like well what else can i can do you know you slap another turbo on there like i did i put another s475 on there and it's fun, you know. Compounds are fun; they're they're definitely fun. But I, I know there's definitely other tasteful mods I could be doing to get way more power out of it.
1: Now, is there is there a cap on power that you've had? Like you said, hey, I don't want to make more than this because it might turn into something that's maybe not as fun to drive, or it's just it's just too much for the street. Um. I, I
0: guess, I mean, everyone wants a thousand, like, why not? You know, but at, at that point, you know, you really just, you're testing the limits of the truck and I think I'm happy where I'm at right now with it just because it's it's fun. I can do a lot with it. There's, you know, I'm not breaking anything yet, I would say. So I, I'm definitely happy with it right now, but I mean, who knows it, it could go farther for
1: sure. I did see on your Instagram that you have a Chevelle that you're working on. And when I saw the picture, I was wondering if you were going to think about doing like a Duramax swap into that or maybe a <laughs> you Cummins know that, or something.
0: You know, that it's my father's car from high school. So he's been putting that project on, off for about 20 plus years. And he finally wanted to get into that project. So we've been diving in that thing. The first thing I said, hey, let's do a Duramax. He's like, no. <laughs> so he's, he's keeping
1: it. Kind of old school about modernizing it,
0: so it's definitely cool to see that project come to life as
1: well well it's 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 really cool to see you know how much fun you've had with the build and and I know in chatting with you you know today and and even before is you've really enjoyed it and that that comes across you know in the pictures and in the things that you talk about and you know for someone out there sometimes they get into projects where they you know they're going on a little bit longer than they wanted, and they kind of you know get feel a little down about it or a little discouraged. What what sort of tips would you give to someone out there that's listening and is like, Hey, I want to tackle this build, but I haven't been able to progress it as fast as I want, or I'm just not sure if I can do it. What, what advice would you give them?
0: Um, I mean, you just gotta, sometimes you gotta take a break. I know some breaks are longer than other people. I definitely, you know, I had to step away a couple of times from mine. I'm just like, I'm way over in my head. You know, there's sometimes I want to sell it, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you just got to have a good group of people with you pushing it. you know, saying, hey, you know, you'll, you're going to finish it. You know, some take longer than others, but, you know, going on groups on Facebook, you know, there's one I go on, Fumman's Tech, or OBS Addicts on there, and you get uh, kind of guys out there that'll post their trucks, and you're like, all right, you know, I got some more motivation, or they're working on theirs, and you see other people finishing their builds on, on forums and stuff, and it definitely kind of motivates you, and you want to get back out there wrenching and finishing it, because you want to be in the driver's seat. You know, you don't want to be in the passenger seat of somebody else's build. You want to be in the driver's seat of your build driving it in the summer.
1: To have, uh, as far as shows, and I know like the last year, a lot of them have been either canceled or, you know, there haven't been any, but in the years past, did you ever take it to shows or, Um, yeah, I know there's a lot of diesel events that are in, in your area, you know, throughout the year. And the reason I thought of that was just, I think going to shows and seeing other people's builds are also another way to get motivation and seeing what they're working on and chatting with people and, you know, building relationships, meeting new people.
0: Yeah, exactly. I've, I've met so many people, especially through Instagram and then putting, uh, names, you know, to faces and stuff like that. Going to shows, I've been, you know, my first one was SDX 2012. That was an eye-opener I would say for my first truck show was going to SDX it was very fun very wild Um, and then we went to TS that was probably an that was probably my favorite show was TS Um, just going down there different event you know you have drag racing one day and then you go truck pulls at night you meet people uh, that's how I met Logan my trans building through Instagram and we just become really good friends you meet other people through there you meet people off Facebook and stuff like that. And you could see their builds and then you get to see them in person. And I you meet a lot of people and you get connections. And so I think that's a great way to do
1: that. Shy Diesel in 2012 was my first diesel show too. And oh boy. <laughs> and I, oh, I'd yeah. been into, I'd been into diesels for a while before then probably five or six years. And most of the knowledge that I had was like Cummins forum and magazines and, and just, working around it. But then I went there and I knew something was different when I drove from the airport to Terre Haute and I saw how many diesel trucks were just everywhere. I knew I was in for something different.
0: Yeah. It, you know, everyone's there for a little bit, uh, for like the, the pulling and the, obviously the awesome truck show that's, uh, the show and shine that's there. It's, it's awesome under that canopy and just hanging out, chilling, talking with people, but I mean obviously that it's just it's kind of like a party event I would say you know everyone just wants to relax and have fun on the weekend
1: oh yeah and just the the amount of there's so many people like the stands were filled and the vendor row was filled and it was just it was really cool to see how many people from all over really North America go to it yeah it was
0: it was a focal point I guess and everyone wanted to be at that show and that's where you just you see the big names and you, you get to meet the big names and, and talk with them in person so uh, that's that was cool to see that
1: now if you think you know in, in the future do you plan on any other truck builds is there something else you're thinking hey, I'd really like to pick up like an old square body or you know an old an old uh, power wagon or another ford or something and, and do a different build
0: I would I definitely love to if the funds would allow me. I mean obviously this one definitely pulls my funds the most. Having two would definitely be hard. I I'd, I'd love to though. I'd love to have a, a single cab long bed F350 just a clean power stroke auto. just just something simple, you know, just another cruiser I guess, but a uh, power stroke form I I would say.
1: There's a lot of I see a lot of them on Instagram. Um it's amazing to me, like when you look at an old, an old commons, like a, a second gen or even a first gen, they have so many miles on them, but there's these OBSs, like 94, 97s, where you can find them where they're, they're clean, they have low mileage, and it's like, man, that's, it's almost like traveling in a time machine, you know, back to the mid-90s and picking one up.
0: And people love that, and you can just tell, you can just tell that they love it because some of them, they've just never driven them, they got low miles and they're asking a lot of money. I think what people are are thinking, but for what they are and the prices that they're asking, you can't, you can't get it again. You know, they're not making them again. And you know, nobody wants a newer truck maybe because of some reasons and they want that old school feel and they want the reliability and they, they just want something cool and classic. So you're going to pay for it. And the OBS trucks are definitely in the market. You know, they're, they're right there right now.
1: That's been a, big trend for quite a while now is people wanting to get older trucks. And by older, I mean, I don't think they're that old, but like, um, you know, five, nine common rails or an LB seven Duramax or seven, three or six liter power stroke. But it's like, they want the simplicity of, of them and the ease of you know working on them. And I know some are harder to work on than others, but compared to the new ones they are totally different and yeah. they're a lot more expensive. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And, um, I think they just, the simplicity, like you were saying, like when you get into OBS truck, like there's no massaging seat, there's no heated steering wheel, there's no big tenant screen TV, you know, right there in front of you. It's just, it's you driving the truck and it's just simplicity. And I think that's what a lot of people are going for right now. And that's what they want to feel.
1: The guys who really kind of turned me on to how much of a market there is for OBS stuff with CP addict, we've had them on the podcast a couple of times and yeah, those serious. guys, they're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were just t- talking about how they got hooked on it, and then I've been following them for a while, and and just seeing all that they do and where they find their trucks. I don't know, but they find some really cool ones that are out there.
0: Oh yeah, they definitely have people, and they have secrets. I think they don't they don't tell. And they they got guys on on call where they got probably nice trucks, and and some appear out of nowhere, you know. And you're yeah. like, where do these come from? You know, they're, they're <laughs> barn finds or someone they just they just let them sit, or you know, they just hauled their camper and. They're just immaculate trucks, but they they definitely are in the right market. Paul, Chris, and especially Seth, those guys over at Complete Performance, see they are in it and I'm glad they're in it because a lot of these people they're trying to restore these trucks and it's getting harder and harder to find parts nowadays.
1: Yeah, that's a major a major part of it, and I think, where you know a company like C P Addict. It, it helps so much to be able to fix these things that just with time, you know, they're going to wear out whether it's hinges or, or hinges or locks or just different things you're going to find on any truck and, and having that source for it.
0: Yeah. Just little things, especially, you know, plastic, and you know, all wears out or even door panels. There's a company OBS solutions out there, Devin and Kenny, they're making things that people will not even think of. You've got door panel, uh, repair kits you know when you close a door and it's it's all wobbly between the the door and they make a repair kit for that and the window switch you know those break those little tabs they break in there people don't think you know your your window switch is flapping all about and you got little repair kits for that and they're definitely they're thinking about these little things because they want these trucks to last people want to have a 30 year old truck still on the road and nobody's making parts but there's companies out there that's still doing it
1: one of the toughest parts is like your truck is so clean and we're doing a podcast, so there's no, we, we're not showing it <laughs> and people need to check out your trucks. So I wanted to ask for people who are listening, they're an OBS enthusiast, maybe, th- you know, trying to get some ideas for their truck build. Where can people see your truck?
0: You can see my truck. It's on Instagram. Uh, it's 24 the OBS woman's. Uh, you can find all those pictures. You can DM me. I got, You know, people always DMing me questions. Don't be uh, afraid to hold back on the questions. You know, I'll always answer people because I like to help out with people. You know, there's always people helping me. So I kind of, you know, pay it forward and give help to others when they need
1: it. Well, I definitely, I I appreciated when you, you messaged into us, shared your build and I I was looking through the pictures. I'm like, man, I got to get Mark on the podcast. I know we got, we have some OBS guys that listen and and they're always saying, hey, get more OBS stuff on and, and your truck is really cool. And, and uh, learning about the process and, and how you approached it, and just it's it's a really sweet truck. Not just how it looks, but I think the power level you have it at, the upgrades you've done to it, you know, going all the way from the frame through the bodywork, the paint, everything else. It's it's really clean. I encourage everyone to to uh, you know go check out Mark's truck, and and uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to share you know the build with us, give us some tips for anyone out there that's thinking of, of tackling a restoration slash engine swap and uh yeah it's really cool to learn more about it
0: thank you thank you so much for having me on there
1: don't forget diesel fans make sure and head on over to youtube and search the diesel podcast and subscribe if you haven't there's actually surprisingly a, a large number of people who watch our videos there that aren't subscribed so if you're looking to have content delivered right to your phone be notified right when we release an episode that's the best way and we've got a bunch of new videos and ways for you guys to interact with the podcast on there And also, we love reading your guys' comments. There's a ton of great discussions, especially with some of the recent episodes we've done about the EPA and questions that you guys have and compliance parts and the future of diesel. And we check all of them. We reply to your comments on there, and we get a ton of show ideas from you guys. So we encourage you to do that. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.